Welcome to Fault Tolerant. In this episode of the podcast, I talk with Wolfgang Zengis about blockchain applications to the music industry. We lost connection about 50 minutes in, so if you notice some discontinuity, that's why. Hope you enjoy this episode. Thanks for listening. So today I'm talking with Wolfgang Zengis. Is that how you pronounce your name, Wolfgang? Zengis. Zengis. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, so yeah, thanks a lot for coming on the, the podcast. So maybe first you could give us a bit of your background and how you got into blockchain and your background in the music industry. Yeah, so um, actually I'm uh, in the music industry uh, since uh, 2008 and um, then I started uh, curating conferences and uh, advising companies as well as artists and um, it's always uh, has been um, along the crossroads of um, the intersection of uh, music and uh, technology. And uh, so that's because uh, before I got into music industry, um, I was in uh, software industries. Uh, I uh, was uh, working in media asset management for broadcast and for about uh, 10 years. And so um, I was uh, quite familiar already with uh, metadata and so on. And um, I even uh, before that uh, uh, studied uh, machine learning. Uh, so this is uh, my background. And as soon as uh, blockchain in 2015 um, hit the music industry, I got uh, interested in that um, because it uh, seemed to me, uh, well, a perfect uh, approach to um, solving some problems in um, music industry. And um, when I worked um, on uh, blockchain and got familiar with it, um, it uh, came all about that. Uh, um soon i had all these um loose ends from my career before uh, music and machine learning and uh, ai and uh, technology metadata and so on um that i can work on now um quite perfectly um in a mixture of uh, music and technology mm-hmm. so And one of the main focuses that you've been taking with the music industry is on metadata. Is that right? Yes, right. Um, And this is because um, the problem with uh, metadata in uh, music industry and uh, content industries is um, that uh, metadata, um, well, um, there are quite a few problems with it because there's a lot of missing metadata, there's wrong mm-hmm. metadata and all of this. Uh, and this um, goes uh, for decades now and uh, nothing has happened uh, to solve that problem. And in the end, um, uh, you have um, 
money that uh, from royalties that goes to the wrong people and um, well this is money that is lost for the artists for the composers uh, who have uh, done their work and so um, this is really a problem um, which is uh, urgent for and which for which a, a solution is in demand for everyone in the music industry mm -hmm. Yeah, and so for people listening, uh, I can give sort of a brief description of what metadata is in, in regards to music, and you can correct me if I get anything wrong. Yes. Um, but basically, it's just you have these tracks that are out being played on streaming services or or being sold as uh, digital uh, digital purchases or whatever else, and each track has associated data that describes who the artist is, um, who other collaborators on the track might be. Um, and I, I believe each track has a unique identifier, like an, an ISRC. Um, but yes. from my understanding, this I'm not sure if, if the ISRCs are sort of standardized, where every, every entity can recognize that a given ISRC corresponds to a certain uh, track. Yeah. But I think... There's a, a lot of that metadata is not standardized and it's uh, there's a lot of overlapping and confusion and and like you said, artists get paid incorrectly and so yeah, yeah. is is it what is the main problem with the metadata? Is it just that there's no coordination between these different parties? Um, so first of all, um, uh, you need the metadata because um, this is the central point of how to get revenue um, from your music. If there's no um, correct metadata and nobody knows uh, whom to pay, then <laughs> there's no money for you. And um, uh, well, there's also uh, lots of tracks uh, when you want to, to license them, uh, then you will notice um, that nobody knows uh, who has written the tracks. And so, some um, there are um, companies who are using them for streaming and so on, but um, it's not really legal. So they uh, always um, uh, running danger that uh, they are sued and so on. And so it's uh, really a, a difficult uh, problem. And um, as you said, there are standards like the ISRC codes and so on. But on the other hand, um, um, they are not really used in the right way. So um, actually, although um, they have to be, uh, uh, um, they uh, must be used um, as unique codes, um, you will find that there will be uh, multiple IS uh, ISRC codes uh, for one track. And so uh, from the point or from the perspective um, of someone working in the um, software industry, uh, that is a catastrophe. <laughs> you can't work with that. And so it's really unbelievable. So there have been um, some approaches to solve that. And um, it has been uh, uh, getting better. but. Um, a real solution um, isn't there because uh, you must have, uh, in the end, 
um, one institution, one organization who is really um, uh, submitting um, unique identifiers for one work. And uh, that's uh, the problem soon because uh, you don't have that right at the moment. Mm -hmm. So do you think, like, is, I'm, I imagine people are well aware of this problem and it's just been a, an issue of, like anytime you introduce a standard, trying to get everyone to use it is is a challenge, I think. So I'm assuming like the existing solutions that have been tried haven't obviously haven't worked perfectly. And do you think do you think there's a, a new avenue with blockchain to actually solve this problem? Um, well, uh, actually, um, the uh, the most important thing uh, that um, uh, has worked um, by the um, uh, by uh, blockchain is that people are talking about uh, solutions and um, they're getting more close to it and they're talking to each other, which they um, didn't before. So, uh, for example, um, if you have uh, wrong metadata or you have um, metadata um, for uh, one track that is uh, different, so you have uh, several titles uh, for the same track, then usually you shouldn't have that. But um, there are all these silos of uh, metadata and um, all the companies and collection societies, they want to stick with their metadata. And this is something um, which tends uh, to get solved now and they're more willing to share the data so that it can also um, be validated because uh, this is um, what's needed. And um, when it comes to uh, blockchain, um, there are several components within blockchain which might be of help, but um, as a matter of fact, um, uh, blockchain or any other technology isn't or can't be the solution to um, this problem or any other problem because this is more about workflows, about um, the principles, how to handle it, about standards. And then as soon as um, the music industry or the content industry um, has come to this point and uh, has identified um, the uh, workflows, then the next question would be how to find a technology that meets this um, demand and how to um, match the workflows that exist in theory, this model, onto a technological model. Mm. So one of the things I've been working on has been a project using Hyperledger. I'm not sure if you're familiar with uh, mm -hmm. Hyperledger, but it's... And this, the solution that I've been working on is a bit different from what we're talking about. But with Hyperledger, you can have a, a it's almost like just having a shared database, uh, a bit better. Like there's a there's a bit less trust involved. Like you don't have to trust a single entity, mm -hmm. but you can have a group of organizations that essentially share a pool of data, and they have rules set up for how they can manipulate that data, and which party can make which alterations and so on. Do you think? something like that might help in this problem? Or do you think this whole class of technologies, all the blockchain tech, do you think none of it has the uh, capability to 
to help solve this problem? Um, well, I think um, that blockchain might have um, the uh, capability uh, to uh, help there, um, but it's rather that um, to um, get to the point where uh, blockchain as it is now is compatible to um, what is in demand, um, you will have to extend the current blockchain solutions um, by specific modules or strategies um, um, to make that compatible. Just as um, one um, example for that, um, usually um, one thing about blockchain is um, that it's uh, great that uh, a great crowd of, of people or of um, participants in a network um, can collectively um, validate data. And uh, because uh, there's uh, lots of people uh, to, to check the data, um, then the um, probability is also high that um, what you get um, is correct data. But um, the problem with the uh, music industry is uh, if you have a data right there that has to be validated, then it's only very, very few people who are really in the know um, mm -hmm. if this data is correct. And so you have to find another way how to, to validate the data. And um, so this is one challenge to, to find a metadata model um, that is suitable um, for this domain. Right. So, so I guess you you don't see any way in which the the technology solves this problem nicely. Are there other areas within music that you think the? Because it seems like you you are interested in blockchain technology, and I'm assuming yes that you think there's some it, it might find some application in the music industry. Um, but just maybe not for this problem. Is that right? Uh, no, um, there is help in blockchain because um, the components uh, which uh, make up uh, blockchain, because uh, I don't see blockchain really as a technology. Um, I see a blockchain as a concept, which is uh, a collection of several components uh, like P2P networks and a specific uh, kind of, of databases of uh, um, encryption and so on. Um, this basic idea is quite a good one but um, you have to to extend this uh, concept more to make it um, also suitable uh, for music um, just um, if you want to to apply it just like it is um, um, at least in the licensing world, then then you will have uh, quite some uh, problems, and um, so maybe we are just um, in the beginning, and um, we have to uh, we have to to go through this uh, phase of uh, 
um, the blockchain world, learning a bit uh, from the uh, music world and the vice versa. And so developing um, a kind of blockchain uh, that is uh, really uh, suitable to uh, match this world and uh, to um, to be applied to music industry. Mm. So what are you like you you mentioned that there you think there's some extensions that would maybe need to be made yes. to existing blockchains to make them applicable for this problem. Do you can you imagine what those might be? Like what are the current yes. shortcomings that exist now? Yes, as I said before, um what you um most probably will need is a multidimensional um, metadata model, which is um, suitable for um, um, validating the data, but also um, to um, um, to calculate um, the value of a data. So uh, for example, if you want um, to make use of of a file of of a movie or something like that, um, or of a song, then it's worth nothing um, in licensing if you don't know um, who wrote it. But um, if you have uh, any information about that, um, who is the composer, then you might. Um, use it and you might licensing uh, license it uh, but it's maybe it maybe also depends um, on who gave you the information who the composer is and um, so for example if um, if it's the uh, composer himself who filled in the information about who's who the composer is then it's a very highly valuable information and uh, then um, the uh, it's uh, that reliable um, that um, it's also more valuable uh, in licensing so this is for example um, also um, what Imogen Heap with the uh, creative passport model uh, model uh, tries to do because um, what she wants to do is um, to collect the data right from the artist, from the composer, and um, to um, store it and give it directly um, to um, um, the uh, licensees, for example. This is so. This um, metadata model is one thing that will be needed. Another thing is um, the use of um, um, uh, encryption algorithms. So, for example, there's a study from Fraunhofer which says that um, the um, um, that um, the algorithms which are currently used in blockchain to encrypt um, the information. These algorithms are also prone to be hacked. But what we don't know is when this will be ha uh, when this uh, will happen. So um, if you want to apply any um, blockchain uh, to 
music industry and you want to use this these um, algorithms, then you need also a strategy what to do when um, this algorithm might be hacked. So um, if you know, um, okay, we're coming close uh, to the situation um, that uh, the likeliness um, uh, of the um, algorithm to be hacked is uh, increases. And um, of course, this will be um, quite difficult because um, when you know um, the uh, encryption algorithm isn't reliable anymore, what's up with all the data that we have in the blockchain? Um, then we would have to rewrite the blockchain. And if it's a blockchain that's not rewritable, then what to do in this moment? So what we need is a strategy, how to um, uh, face that. Mm. Yeah, so I, I guess a little bit of uh, ex expansion on, on what, you're, what you uh, have mentioned there. So I guess yeah. the, the worry, and I think a lot of other businesses have this worry, is that they're going to, even if they're using like a hash of some data, so a company might take some sensitive information and they want to embed it in the blockchain in such a way that it's there's maybe a record of it existing or or the data is being used in some way, but they don't want the data yeah. to be explicitly visible on the blockchain. So they mm -hmm. either they encrypt it or they they take a hash of it or something like that. And the worry, I think, is that, yeah, it might be really difficult or nearly impossible to uh, to figure out what data was used to create that hash or what the encrypted data is right now. Yeah. But if it's if it's on the blockchain forever, then maybe in fifteen years we have really good quantum computers and they can they can figure out what produced that hash. And since the blockchain yeah. is permanent, yeah. it's kind of you have to just hope the technology never gets good enough, which is you really can't you don't want to bank on that happening. You don't want to yes. you know hope that it just never gets good enough. Uh, yeah. so So the least the least thing uh, that you can do is um you are aware of that fact and you're working with this kind of blockchain, these uh, algorithms, but at the same time, you're also, um, uh, well, uh, watching the situation and um, working on a solution, uh, on a strategy, how to cope with the situation um, as soon as uh, it might be possible um, to hack these algorithms. Right. Yeah, I don't really see a way around that right now. Uh, I mean, I, I think one one alternative that's being taken by some uh, companies is by is to use these uh, permission systems like Hyperledger, where mm. they still have a similar thing where you can have private data on the network that only say two entities can really read the data, but they still rely on the same method of of just embedding a hash of the data into the public ledger, uh, but it's a bit it's a bit better in that situation because the blockchain is not public. So mm -hmm. at least in this scenario, you could have with Hyperledger, you could have a say maybe it's twenty music companies involved in the music industry, and if the algorithm was exploited and people could read the data, it would still not be public. It would only be within that yes. organization. Yeah. 
but that's still maybe n- not a perfect solution. Yeah. So I guess that is kind of a, is it, in your mind, is that sort of the main problem is that the, the data, there's no way to really do private data on the, on these systems? Uh, no, not really. Um, so it's, uh, just something um, that you have to be aware of and um, you have to, to work on. And um, in, in most cases, I don't see this uh, mentioned anywhere. And um, so, for example, uh, same thing uh, with the uh, metadata model. I only know uh, one other guy uh, from, um, I think he's from the Netherlands or from Sweden, uh, who's uh, also working on a metadata model like this. And um, and also um, one thing uh, which we also discussed um, in the workshops uh, for the creative uh, passport uh, with Emojini is um, the question of GDPR, um, of um. Uh, uh, data safety, because um, it is really good to have uh, transparency with um, all the transactions and so on. Um, but there's also situations uh, where you have data that need to be secure. And um, there you have to find a concept first, um, which... Um, is really suitable in, in both ways, which allows for uh, uh, transparency in transactions, but on the other hand, uh, which is uh, secure um, in the way that it's uh, um, uh, needed for uh, GDPR. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's an interesting problem. And I, I do, like I said, I do think it's common to many industries. Uh, I think. I think maybe there might be some solution in zero zero knowledge proofs on Ethereum, for example. I don't know enough about them to really say that for sure, but I know they they can provide ways for uh, the peers on the network to validate that transactions happened as they should, that no rules were broken, but without seeing the contents of those transactions. Um, But again, if the transaction is on the blockchain, then... You, know, you never know that if maybe 10 years down the road or 20 or something like that, that the yes. algorithm is, is cracked and then the data mm. is exposed, which is a big risk. Mm. Okay, so there's the, there's the data privacy problem. There's, you mentioned calculation uh, problem. So is that just the, are you just imagining the, like the code that does the calculation for the like the revenue sharing or whatever whatever it might be is that what you're imagining um no the um revenue sharing the so-called uh, uh royalty splits so um i think this is uh, quite easy to handle so um this is part of um the smart contracts and mm-hmm. um this is uh not uh, that much of a problem but um um the uh, problem uh, which we have uh, with um i think uh, what you were talking of now is um the validating uh, question of of data um which um 
can only be handled or which is better to be handled uh, the more people you have to to validate uh, data and so this is um, quite a problem because um, there's only a few um, data in music um, which uh, can really be validated by lots of people so if you know uh, Discogs um, um, it's a, a kind of Wikipedia for um, uh, collectors of uh, vinyl and CDs and music cassettes and so on. Um, there, the people just are um, entering uh, the data they can see on the releases and um, they're correcting each other and um, <laughs> they're quite hard uh, at that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and um but um the uh, really uh, the real information at the core so um who's the composer and so on so um this is uh, data which is only known to uh, to a few people and um here um we are also coming uh, to another point um uh, which i uh, wanted to stress out um and uh, in this case, um, I would like to um, speak out in, in favor of of, uh, of blockchain. But um, on the other hand, um, there's often this uh, belief in uh, we don't need any trust as soon as we have a system like a blockchain uh, architecture. And uh, so... Um, the uh, conclusion is we don't need any uh, any any uh, middlemen uh, just like uh, collection societies or uh, big labels or something like that. But um, this isn't true because on the on uh, in the first uh, on the first hand um, you must see to build this um, architecture you first need this um, reliability and the trust um, to get this done and uh, it's uh, you can't uh, simply build uh, an architecture and uh, the music industry uh, believes in this architecture and um, also um, you will need uh, the collection societies um, the middlemen because these are the ones um, you can trust about the um, data and uh, you will need uh, in this role. Their role might change a bit, but uh, they are necessary. They are in demand if it comes uh, to uh, validating the data. Right. So, yeah, like if you have some data that only a small set of entities can verify, then there's just going to be no other way to verify it than to to use those entities and to trust them somewhat like it's yeah. it's not like a mathematical thing that you can just yes. any any party right. can verify it yeah um, yeah that's 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 an interesting problem as well so so there's this problem of having having these entities that you can like there's no way around trusting them so we have to have some way for them to interact with the system in such a way that they can sort of 
they can vouch for certain data or they can yeah. they can sign off on certain data. Um, and do you know any, I, I'm wondering if there's any way that that can be done now or if there's any, uh, maybe another question is, do you know if there's any, are there any companies working on some of these problems that you've mentioned or any projects that you've seen that are that oh, yes. promising? Um, so there's, uh, there are uh, several um, initiatives and projects um, working on these problems. And um, um, the core of it is, uh, well, um, there are only um, uh, these initiatives or these uh, projects are mostly um, separate from each other. So there's a few exchange between them. And um, this is something uh, which is uh, quite missing. So um, there's um, the Open Music Initiative, which is quite um, one of the, the biggest. And um, there's uh, there are um, also, uh, quite a few um, of the music industry um, involved, and it's, uh, I think it's uh, the biggest one. And then there are um, other initiatives like um, uh, dot blockchain. Um, it's uh, the uh, then there's uh, the um, Creative Passport. Um, then just recently um, in Germany, there's um, uh, Bitfury Surround. Uh, they're trying to set up uh, a, cons a consortium uh, in the music industry. Um, and uh, uh, there are quite a lot of uh, these uh, projects um, which are running for some time. And in most cases, there are either uh, some collection societies working together with one technology provider or um, several of the majors uh, working together with the technology providers. Um, and um, similarly, um, we did something uh, we started in 2016 uh, a working group in blockchain metadata in uh, germany um, and we had the collection societies involved and uh, uh, fraunhofer institute um, some broadcasters and uh, warner and small labels and publishers and so on um, but it's quite hard to to keep these um, projects up and um, up and running and uh, to coordinate them. Mm -hmm. um, so it's um, also always a question of of funding that work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it sounds like a lot of these are these projects are uh, sort of they're like they're shared projects. They're not really set out to con be controlled by a single company or group so they run into this problem yes. of, of funding that this really seems like a big problem in i mean in software and in the cryptocurrency space as well is this problem of just funding these sort of uh public good projects um but it looks like uh there's there's definitely some development going on um yes of, of course and um 
um, what would be of uh, really uh, great help is if there was more exchange um, of uh, of the result uh, results of these uh, projects because uh, again and again um, they're working on the same problems the same issues and um, um, that's of not much uh, sense that's not uh, reasonable and mm -hmm. So uh, it's uh, really ridiculous because um, everybody knows it, that uh, instead of um, sitting down and uh, maybe uh, building something like uh, W3C or something like that um, to, to get this done, um, they stick together in these uh, smaller groups. And uh, mm -hmm. this is, uh, well not that successful yeah so has that been one of your because you had some uh involvement with the the uh this blockathon event or, yes uh, yeah so yeah could you talk a little bit about that and what the goal is for that um yeah so um this is also based on uh the experience uh, from the uh, blockchain and metadata working group um because um the work in the group was a bit too theoretical and um, not practical oriented. And uh, so uh, we wanted to, to get uh, one thing further. And also um, one of the results of the group was um, that uh, to get any um, change done in music industry, um, uh, there might be uh, projects uh, in music industry, but uh, which you can't. Uh, some, um, but on the other hand, um, you will have um, processes uh, in uh, transition uh, which um, have to accompany these processes. So, for example, transitional processes in politics, in funding, in education, and so on. And you can't get um, all these uh, technical work in, um, in uh, music industry projects done and also at the same time, in the same project, uh, get these uh, transitional uh, processes um, done. And so the idea was um, to um, start a series of um, events, of workshops, of uh, seminars, where you get um, people from music and from the uh, technical world, to, world together um, to develop um, new approaches and um, ideas and uh, um, uh, projects um, along the programming challenges and uh, the blockathon, for example, and um, this. Uh, so the top goal for this would be to bring um, the musical world as well as uh, the technical world closer to each other, because right now you have this problem uh, that um, although at the first um, at the first, uh, if you're looking first at it, um, 
there's uh, a close connection um, of uh, technology and uh, music, but um, as a matter of fact, this is only a small niche where this already has happened. Um, most musicians, they think of technology as their equipment. Mm -hmm. And uh, when it comes to coders, um, they might not really understand uh, what's uh, the relationship between uh, a composer and his work. And what you get is really uh, debates um, that are going nowhere and um, um, where you can uh, see this as uh, the, de uh, the debate on the uh, copyright reform in Europe. And um, there you have a, a really, really great problem um, because there's not enough understanding between both groups. And therefore, we want to get both uh, worlds to, to work together and to um, promote more um, understanding, to foster more understanding uh, between these uh, two groups. Mm. Yeah, it's kind of the the artist and the engineer. They're the two opposite sides of, of some coin. So they're kind of a, a world apart. Yes, and um, it's, uh, it's really a, a sad thing because both of them are creative minds. Mm -hmm. You have... Um, the creative uh, technologists and you have the um, musical creatives. And um, so if you uh, get them to work together and to understand um, where the, the problems, where the issues are of either side, then you really will get uh, solutions um, that, you, uh, that can help both sides. Mm -hmm. Uh, you mentioned the some a copyright reform going on in Europe. Yeah, could, could you just give it a bit of background on that? I'm not aware of of what's going on there. Oh yeah, <laughs> this is a bit difficult. <laughs> okay, <laughs> um, there have been for months now uh, a discussion about um, uh, new um, rulings in in uh, copyright and. Um, so at first it looked like, um, the, uh, parliament of the EU, uh, would decide against, uh, these new rulings and, um, then, um, it, uh, wasn't decided on. And then in the end, they decided in favor of these rulings. And <laughs> so, uh, these, uh, rulings or these laws are, um, um uh, they uh, enforce um, the uh, providers to um, look out for the uploaded uh, content oh. and um, so they have uh, to check uh, that the uploaded content doesn't infringe any copyright and um, of course, um, in one way or another, this is um, really in, in demand for the artists because uh, artists aren't uh, really paid enough. Mm -hmm. And uh, so um, we have um, all these uh, large uh, um, 
companies like uh, Google and Facebook and so on. And um, what the artist gets is uh, if he uh, ever gets uh, something uh, from um, everything that is uh, played, uh, that is used there for um, uh, user-generated content is um, just a ridiculous mm-hmm. sum. And uh, so it is really necessary to um, have these laws. Yeah. On the other hand, um, those who are more in favor of, um, uh, well, of um, uh, open source, of, um, of uh, uh, technical solutions and so on, um, they interpret the law as um, the, uh, the demand for upload filters. Mm. But um, it isn't necessary to um, use upload filters here. And meanwhile, the debate, the discussion um, has ab- absolutely escalated and um, people are really um, after each other um, and uh, there's no reasoning anymore. Um, there are no arguments anymore. So... Um, uh, it's even a bit um, funny because um, there had been a, a time when um, I would have said, okay, um, the collection societies um, couldn't understand the technical world and uh, they didn't have the arguments. Um, this was uh, when there was um, uh, uh, the clash between uh, GEMA and YouTube, for example, um, yeah. about, uh, I think, eight or ten years ago. But if I look at the situation now, I can see that the, um, let's call it the technical group, they are really um, uh, coming up with arguments which I don't see as arguments. Um, so it is Ridiculous, and on the other hand, um, the uh, composers and um, the rights holders and uh, collection societies, their arguments are um, absolutely um, reasonable, and um, they uh, can keep calm. And um, uh, I can't understand uh, the technical side uh, mm. this time. So it's. It's really difficult, and um, I see that uh, one of the um, problems right at the root of it is that um, there's not enough understanding between um, the uh, technical side and the uh, musical side. Yeah, yeah. Now that now that you explained what that uh, what the issue is about, I think I did read a little bit about it over the last little while Mm -hmm. and i mean i can i don't know the full all the arguments or what the arguments are being made by the on the technical side but i i do i think you're right that it there's a worry on the from people on the technical side that i think the lawmakers don't understand uh the technical uh problems that are that result from some some new regulation being introduced and i think there's worry maybe that you might get some you know censorship where 
there's like you said some filter that's watching all of your traffic and blocking uh blocking upload of certain material looking because it might be copyrighted but then if you have that then it's easy to filter out all kinds of other content or maybe if you if you put the burden on the platform provider to check all of the content for copyright then in some cases maybe that's just uh impossible for them to do or really difficult for them mm. to do but i can completely see the other side like we can all agree that uh, artists need to make money and they should make money and they're providing value uh, yes. but it, it seems like it's becoming increasingly difficult to to monetize these things we value like if you look That's at uh, you look at journalism now and because the with the internet it's just been it's become so cheap and easy for anyone to start a blog and for anyone to uh, write that quality journalism is sort of some people think it's sort of dying and mm. you know it seems like it, it does seem like a really hard problem to solve and i think it's it's similar with uh, music where spotify from what i understand the artists are making very little money from yes these platforms like spotify even though millions of people are using spotify and they're they have they place high value on it we seem to have a really hard time monetizing uh mm. this artwork so yeah it's it's interesting it's, it seems like a really hard problem so yeah maybe back to your back to the the blockathon um uh project that you've been working on so how has that been going has have you had has that i'm assuming that's been that's started there's been some events happening already um no the uh, event will be happening um starting at uh, 29th of april till uh, 1st of may and um then the results uh, will be presented at the co pop conference on 2nd of may i see interesting and so so what exactly is the plan for the for the blockathon it's going to be like you mentioned that it would be uh bring together the technologists and the artists yes are, yeah. is it like a typical hackathon where people are should be trying to build some piece of software um in a kind of way so um we have uh 12 challenges um uh, um as uh, suggested uh, to the participants but they're also uh, free to either alter these uh, proposals or to um, come up with uh, new ideas uh, to work on. Um, but what we're going to try is uh, to get, um, well, coders and marketing people and musicians in one team so that we have a number of, um, I think it would be uh, 10 or so, um, mixed teams uh, to work on uh, these solutions. And um, we also um, will have not only um, um, well tasks uh, or challenges uh, where coding is necessary, but there are also uh, challenges um, that are about uh, uh, finding business models or um, uh, for example, working on uh, improved workflows because um, that is uh, what's in demand. And um, it is 
interesting um, that the uh, interest of of um, the partners um, uh, we uh, talked to um, for the event is really uh, exceptional high. Mm -hmm. um, so. Uh, for example, um, the um, French Collection Society, SASEM, and the German Collection Society, GEMA, they will be on location um, with a, a team of uh, seven people and cooperating together in uh, one team. And I don't know if they ever have uh, participated in um, any uh, blockathon or hackathon before. Wow. And so um, we're look, really looking forward to it. And um, also uh, we'll have participants from Fraunhofer Institute and uh, from several startups uh, to take part and to just uh, mingle between uh, the teams. Yeah. So actually um, we uh, have um, the uh, cooperating uh, cooperating team uh, of uh, SASEM and uh, GEMA, the two collection societies of uh, France and Germany. And, uh, but we have also uh, participants uh, from uh, Fraunhofer Institute, for example, and several startups uh, from uh, Berlin and uh, from Switzerland to uh, join us and the teams. Yeah, that's really interesting. I, I I'm pleased to hear that the reception is so positive. Uh, that's 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 good to hear. So, where is the the blockathon going to be taking place in Germany? Uh, it's taking place in uh, Cologne, and um, it will be taking place um, right before uh, the COPOP conference starts. So, COPOP conference, uh, the uh, convention, is uh, one of the uh, three. Um, most important uh, conferences uh, in Germany, also for the uh, European sector. And it's quite interesting. So uh, this year at the convention, for example, there will be uh, Susan Rogers uh, from Berkeley, who also has worked with uh, Prince and, and so on. And yes, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, no doubt. Um, all right, so... Was there anything else that you wanted to talk about that we didn't mention that you'd like to talk about? Yes. Yeah, so um, actually, um, since um, the work on, on the blockathon um, is uh, going so well, um, I'm planning to uh, continue that. Um, I think I mentioned that also before briefly. Um, with a series of events in, in several forms as uh, seminars and workshops and so on. Um, also because um, I noticed that um, the uh, hackathons um, that um, uh, I've uh, uh, seen before, um, they're not really uh, well documented and mm -hmm. I'm missing uh, the sustainability factor on, on that and uh, this is um, also what I got uh, um, as feedback uh, from our partners that uh, this is really what they're looking for so they want to uh, have a bit of uh, experimental uh, space and uh, some uh, events where they can uh, um, 
test out uh, some of, of their solutions and work together more with the uh, basis um, and with their uh, target audience also. And um, on the other hand, uh, they want to see uh, really uh, detailed and uh, good documentation of all that. And uh, this is um, what I currently am working on. Right. Yeah, it sounds really interesting. I'd like to see if there's a, is there a website right now or some, some place? Where Not can... yet. So um, I just uh, developed the uh, idea within the last uh, months and um, due to um, the work on the blockathon, I didn't have the time for that. Yeah. But uh, there will soon be a website to that. And uh, if you um, want me, then I can uh, send you the link to that later on. Yeah, for sure. That'd be great. Um, yeah. So I hope it, I hope it goes well. Um, yeah. And I, I really appreciate the, all the information you gave today and for coming on the show. Uh, it's very interesting. Yeah. It's, you're it's, welcome. Yeah. It's a, it's a really interesting area to me. And I think a lot of people is just it, the music industry, like this problem of sort of solving these problems and bringing these, the music industry into the, into this new technology. Like they're, there has to be some way that all this works together. Like yes. even without blockchain, just this new paradigm of having the internet and having streaming. Mm -hmm. And it just seems like things are not working properly right now. And we just need them to work because we need music. <laughs> we just need it. <laughs> yes. You know, like That's right. <laughs> people really value artists. And it's, yeah. if, if the artists are not being compensated well, then that's, that's a problem. We have to figure it out. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I really appreciate it. Did you have any, uh, any, websites or links or any resources you wanted to direct people toward? Um, well, you can have a, a what at uh, contentsphere.de. So this is uh, my website. And uh, you can also... Uh, uh, well, the URL for, for the blockathon is just too complex. Yeah, that's all right. I can include that in, uh, in show notes or something. So what was the URL for that, the first URL you gave? Contentsphere.de. Um, contentsphere okay. okay, great. Okay, so thanks a lot for, for coming on, Wolfgang. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, please rate and subscribe if you have any to topic ideas or anything like that. Email us at fault-tolerant at membrane.net. You can follow us on Instagram. That's at Membrane Labs. And we have a sibling podcast, which is uh, actually a music podcast called uh, Off Key. And that one is findable on all podcast platforms and is doing quite well. So check that out. Um, if you're in the Victoria area, we rent out our studio, our recording studio. You can go to membranelabs.com. And uh, thanks for listening. And thanks again, Wolfgang. Okay, thank you.